ladies. <laughs> My name is Odd Thomas. Lord knows. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not the child of a celebrity. I've never been married to, abused by, or provided a kidney to a celebrity. But I do lead an unusual life. Knock, knock. Loop me in, odd one. This place looks like some kind of shrine. Did you check the refrigerator for any severed heads? That is Stormy Llewellyn. Stormy and I are destined to be together forever. That must be for you. I found a gateway to hell. Get out of there, Audie. And communing with the dead? It's not about who's dead, sir. It's about who soon might be. You have a secret. You're either a clairvoyant, a psychic, or you got yourself some juice with a higher power. I'm here looking for a guy, a creepy guy. Any of those Bodach things around? Bodach. When they do show up, it's a sure sign that carnage and bloodshed are not far behind. If they find out you can see them, they will kill you. I'm just so scared for you, Abby. A lot of people died in that dream of yours, huh, Odd? Yeah, they did. Your dreams ever come true? August 15th. Trust me, that is the day that Pico Mundo will never forget. And welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. And my name is Mandy. What? Where's <laughs> Kelly? This is absolutely crazy. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you very much for being our special guest today. Feeling good. Thanks so much for having me back. Third time's a charm, right? Woo! <laughs> it's going to be the highest rated episode. Oh, of absolutely. <laughs> so people don't freak out. I did not fire Kelly or anything of the sort. She has something very, very important she has to do today, but she guaranteed me and I'm still not sure I believe this, but she guaranteed me she would be back by next week. If you knew what she was doing today, you might not agree with it. But we'll <laughs> leave that for all the mystery people out there to figure it out. Because as we talked about, September and October, full of horror and mystery and drama and thrillers and all that kind of stuff. So we might as well go ahead and continue with that, right? Absolutely. So that works for me. Now, you had never seen this movie, correct? I have not. I don't know. I think I saw this a, a couple years ago, I want to say. Yeah, I remember when you first watched it, you were like, you need to watch this movie. And then I never did. So I think that's what happens with everyone <laughs> when I talk about a movie. That's normally how things go. Usually. But what I was surprised about, so for people that don't know, we're doing Odd Thomas. It's a movie based on a book series by Dean Kuntz. Mm -hmm. And it came out in 2013. Now, Mandy, I'm guessing the same thing for you as for me. I do not remember this movie coming out whatsoever. No, 
I, this was not something that I remember hearing of until you mentioned it to me a couple of years ago. I guess they didn't have a marketing budget or maybe they just didn't even maybe it came out in some one of those, you know, fuck you guys months, you know, where mm -hmm. they're just throwing the movies out there to get it off the books. But I think it cost like over 20 million, maybe almost 30 million to make. And I think it made 1.1 million. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a huge, huge flop. And I don't really know why. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't consider this movie a bad movie. What about yourself? What do you think? I think that this movie is a little jumbled in terms of what genre it is. And I think mm. that that makes it very hard to market. That's right? true. It's, I can see that. It's somewhat of an indie movie. It's also somewhat of a thriller. Like you mm -hmm. got some scares in there. There's some romance in there. There's right? a mystery. There's a mi right. Yeah. It's, it's not really clear what genre it is. I feel like that makes it really hard to market. And right. I feel like... That's part of the reason probably why they didn't market it. I mean, I think that nobody knew this movie was coming out, which makes it really hard to make money. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is a good point. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of straddle that line. It is genre bending, however you want to say it. Yeah. And I thought it worked for our kind of, like I said, the haunting. Like it has ghosts, obviously. This movie is all about ghosts. Yeah. So I figured it worked with the whole Halloween type thing that we're doing recently. But yeah, I can totally agree with that. It's not new either it's not a new idea it's well-worn territory i was looking like going through my mind trying to come up with certain movies and i came up with like 13 ghosts and the tv show dead like me and good versus evil brimstone r.i.p.d stir of echoes the frighteners all these movies and tv shows run around the similar idea of someone who is either already has some type of special power who is helping ghosts cross over or they're already reapers and they're trying to cross people over like that's kind of the feeling i got from this movie yeah, there's the whole idea of there's someone who can see things that other people can't see and that creates conflict or tension and they're trying to either do good or do bad with it. But it's not a new concept. Right. But a lot of those movies that you mentioned go more into a specific genre about it, right? It's, sure. It's either like 13 Ghosts, that's a horror movie, right? right. Or yes, absolutely. Or R.I.P.D. who's supposed to a be a comedy. I, I don't know what that I don't know what that movie is. Pure to be. garbage. <laughs> it was such a terrible movie. Right. We might actually do it on the show at some point because of how bad it was. I just don't want to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. I can't. I wouldn't recommend it. No, no, no. But yes, I totally get what you're saying there as well. And just for you know people who haven't had a chance to look up this movie, it has a 6.9 on IMDb, a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, and this yeah. isn't even on Metacritic. I didn't see a thing for Metacritic, so I'd put it at like a 55, 60% maybe. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever, but it has enough good points to it, which makes it an enjoyable film. Yeah. I think it doesn't know itself because it's rated PG-13, mm -hmm. and I actually, I had to check that today because I could have sworn with watching it multiple times that it was rated R, because it's a pretty brutal, gruesome movie. Yeah, at for, times. It yeah, can at times. Be. Yeah. yeah. But I forgot that we live in a society where as long as there's no cursing and no sex, <laughs> you're completely you're fine, fine showing whatever you want. So <laughs> showing like gross corpses and, you know, dismembered yeah. fingers and stuff. You know, no big deal. There's a lot of death in this movie. <laughs> like a lot. a lot of death. But yeah, it's good though, in a way. I guess I can see why. It wouldn't latch on. I think what you said is very, very poignant to it is that 
it has so many different genres that you're not really sure how to market it correctly. Mm -hmm. And that happens with especially books that are being adapted to movies as well. It is tough sometimes to deal with that stuff. And Dean Koontz, I've never really been a fan of his. I don't know. Have you ever read any of his books? I have not. He always seemed to me like almost like a Stephen King ripoff, but he wasn't always going for the horror genres the way Stephen King used to. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only real movie I remember being adapted from one of his books was Phantoms. Do you remember that movie? I do not. I don't. I think it's 1998 and it was Ben Affleck. And <laughs> it actually, I'm going to be completely honest here. It's not a bad movie. Is it? It's, it's about like Ben Affleck and a group of people show up at a small town and basically everyone's gone. And it's been taken over by this weird, like, alien force or something. It's like goo or something like that. But it's very hard. It has Liv Shriver in it, who does a really good job playing, like, this creepy police officer or something. But what stemmed from that movie was the best line ever in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You remember that movie, right? I have not seen that movie. What? <laughs> oh, Mandy. We've gone through this before. There's so many movies, classic movies I've never seen. So I, I don't know why this surprises you. I wouldn't necessarily call it a classic. I don't know. But it's, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a terrible movie. But they do a whole scene in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back for people who have seen it where they're pretending to do Goodwill Hunting 2 hunting season. <laughs> and it has Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And they're basically shooting... The guys that were in the bar originally when they say, how you like Dem Apples? Like, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible. The way someone would make a sequel nowadays, I wouldn't be surprised about. Yep. But when Jay and Silent Bob get caught on the set where they're not supposed to be, the one thing Jay yells out before he runs away is, Affleck, you the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and, he runs. and it's like the most perfect thing. And if I ever saw Ben Affleck in person, like if he's just filming around Boston, that would be the thing I would yell to him. Because now he's known for being a good actor. Yeah. He was not known for being a good actor back then when that movie came out. Was he a good actor in that movie? In Phantoms? I thought he did a good job. <laughs> in everything else. Maybe Goodwill Hunting. I mean, he was being yep. himself in that movie, so yep. fine. But everything else around that time and for years, he was pretty terrible in. And then he started to make good movies like Gone Girl and Argo. Mm-hmm. Even... You know, I hate bringing it up, but even Batman, <laughs> Superman, he was the only little shining mark in mm-hmm. that movie. But that was about it. Yeah. Well, it's also easy by comparison to the rest of the movie to look good. <laughs> that is very true. But wait, Mandy, don't say too much. You might get your life threatened like I did. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, something that we should be threatening lives about? Oh, I've had my life threatened a couple of times based on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know why. I always thought people understood all the joking around and stuff, but apparently not. So it's not even worth giving the person like credit for it. But yeah, they just love Batman, Superman so much and lied about how it's like the comic books, which it's not stupid stuff like that. So really important things that are worth, you know, threatening violence. Look, clearly, if I have to die and be a martyr so that Batman v Superman (laughs) is never talked about again and gets banned, I'll take it. It's worth it. Yeah, I will leave a great mark on society. (laughs) That's completely fine. Uh, But yes, tangents. Whoever's in, whoever's in (laughs) studio, it's still the way it goes. But yes, I I thought that that was kind of interesting. And I thought about picking up these books because this book came out in 2003. That's mm-hmm. around the same year Dead Like Me came out on Showtime. And I love Dead Like Me. I thought that was a great show. Did you ever see that one? No, I didn't. That's the one where it follows a girl who was 
killed in some freak accident. And because she didn't really live a life where she go to heaven or hell or whatever the afterlife happens to be, they have this program where you become a reaper. So you have to go and take people's souls before they have these horrendous, horrendous deaths. Because if your soul's in the body, you actually feel that tormented pain. You could actually turn like evil or something too. So it's a huge storyline and stuff like that. But they both came out at the same time, which was interesting because I was going to say, oh, this one ripped this one off or whatever. But you can't really say that because they both came out at the same exact time. Yeah. So it sounds like 2000, was it 2003? Yeah. It's like a big year for ghosts. Yes. Yeah, and, so <laughs> and seeing ghosts. And... It does. Because I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure Six Feet Under was on and very popular at that time yeah. too and that one dealt with ghosts and death and everything there was a time where i mean our society is still very wrapped up in death and everything but there was a time where it was almost every single tv show was about something similar to that and mm-hmm. they had pushing up daisies as well i mean they had tons and tons when of was stuff. the ghost whisperer oh i'm sure jennifer love hewitt <laughs> that classic series <laughs> for all i know it could still be on and i have no idea probably i know what's funny is we actually brought this up last episode was ghost whisper because we were talking about possibly doing i know what you did last summer's for movies as well awesome. so <laughs> oh jennifer love hewitt but i think you need that one for a visual medium so you can just see her the entire time yeah, probably that would probably be the nicer part <laughs> all right mandy should we get to some of this movie maybe probably Probably should. All right. How about you give the intro? Do we even want to mention Anton as well? Yeah, we should go through the cast a little bit. So Anton Yelchin is Ah Thomas. And watching this movie now is super sad because we know that he has passed away. He passed away relatively recently, right? Yeah, it must have been like six months ago. He was in a car accident in the sense that he got out of his car to like open his gate or... Um, check his mailbox or something, and his car rolled down his driveway and hit and killed him. It's crazy. It's just ridiculous and super sad, super tragic. He's a really, I think he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, I like some of the stuff. I mean, even the remake of Fright Night, I thought he did a pretty good job with. I fell off of the whole Star Trek thing after the second movie because I thought it was awful. So yeah. I haven't seen the third one. Maybe I'll see it when it comes out in Redbox or something, but... Yeah, I got you. He's been in some other. I'm trying to remember what else he's been in. That's that I can recall. I think he was in um, that movie Alpha Dog back in the day with Justin Timberlake. (laughs) I was actually talking about this movie a couple weeks ago. I really like that movie. No, that's a really good movie. Also, really sad movie. That was another very very sad (laughs) movie, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailers for this movie and just being like, ah, oh, fuck that movie. Like Justin Timberlake with a whole bunch of tattoos, like being gangster and the guy from Call of the Wild or whatever, yep. being all gangster as well. This is going to suck. And then I remember seeing it, I think, on a plane or on HBO sometime and just being like, wow, this also was way more based on a true story mm-hmm. than most movies that say they're based on a true story are. And it was just really, really sad because they were cutting to the real life family yeah, as well. And that was pretty terrible what happened to him. Yeah. yeah. So we might even do that on the show sometime. Yeah. Because, yeah, that was 
not predictable. Let's call it that. Yeah. Not predictable. Well, it's also, I don't know if it's one of those movies that I would want to watch again because of how like sad it is, right? It's hard sometimes. Sad movies are good because they're cathartic. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also like, why would I want to watch that again? That was terrible. Well, he did get to have sex with Amanda Seyfried and like some other girl too. So it's not all bad. <laughs> not all bad, maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe not all maybe not. tragedy. I don't know. <laughs> the girl who plays Stormy, I've seen her in one other movie before. Yeah. I mean, I tried to look her up on IMDb because I had not really... It's, I didn't really remember her in anything else. I mean, I know she's like been on one episode of this, that, and the other thing. I don't know what that is. On, no, that's not a TV. Oh. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Hold no, on. I mean this is, like this is for me. <laughs> not keeping up with the conversations. Yeah. Okay. There's a yeah. Apparently, Ian thinks there's a TV show called This, That, and the Other Thing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I no, know. I wouldn't be either. Um, but no, she's variously guest starred on like random shows here and there. But what else has she, has she been in? Anything else? So her name is Addison Timlin. She's a very cute girl. Very cute brunette girl. I have seen her in one other movie. I saw her in That Awkward Moment. Oh, yeah. The yeah, with, with that guy from Zach, High School Musical. Zach, yeah. Zach Efron. Yep. Yep. And she <laughs> is having sex with him multiple times in the movie. You don't see her naked. You see her in compromising positions. But she is very attractive, so I was completely fine with that. Yeah. But other than that, nothing. And then I think the other big person in the movie is Willem Dafoe. Right. And I love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I think he's great. And if and, you don't know who that is, then, you know. Shame on you. Shame on you. You're yeah. living under a rock. <laughs> yeah, he plays He plays the police chief. And it's not a huge role, but what I liked about this was, well, I guess we might as well get into it. Yep. What the actual thing is. So, Odd, and that is his name, O-D-D. So it's not like this is the name of the movie. That is his name in the movie. It's Odd Thomas. Odd has the ability to see dead people when they want him to see him, I guess. Yeah. it's Or want him to see them. It's people who have died who haven't yet like moved on for whatever reason or another. Yeah. Some have chosen just to stick around because, you know, they don't even want to move on to whatever it is. Yep. And others have unfinished business where they want odd to catch said person or they're mad at something, whatever mm -hmm. it happens to be. Yep. And he also has the ability, he has some other vague abilities that they mentioned throughout the movie. He has what they call psychic magnetism, yes. quote unquote, where he can find, he can like just wander around searching for someone and he'll end up running into them. Right. And were there any other? Well, so I guess this is one because I read and I'll read it later, but Dean Koontz wrote about the movie itself. And he mentioned that since we haven't, Mandy and I have not read the book, maybe someone who has can go ahead and fill us in. You know, I'll give all the plugs at the end so you yeah. can reach us. But one of the powers that he didn't have in the book that he does have in this one is when he touches someone, he can kind of see either the past or the future based on what's supposed to happen. He doesn't have that in the books, mm -hmm. but here he does because there are multiple times where a ghost will touch him and show him what happened or a person he'll touch them and be able to see their dreams or what is supposed to happen to them or what happened in the past. Yeah. That, I think, is really it. He doesn't have any superpowers where he knows how to fight because he taught himself how to fight because he has to deal with bad guys on a regular basis, I mm -hmm. guess. But other than that, it's not anything else. Right. And he says that 
you know, I see dead people and by God, I do something about it. Yeah. So I guess that's a little <laughs> shot at the sixth sense. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so his whole thing is he uses his abilities to help catch the bad guys and help these ghosts that he comes into, comes in contact with to move on. Which you would hope people would do. If I had that power, I would hope I would do the same thing. Yeah. But I don't know. What else are you going to do with it? You're just going to be like, hey, here's my new ghost friend. Right. But what you can also say for this. So this movie will hit you over the head with the most blatant things, but then will be very subtle about other things. So one of the things that he mentions once and then it doesn't really come up again is that ghosts can't talk. So that is a big thing for later on, but he kind of just just said and then it skipped over but you notice the ghosts do not talk at all they can mouth words and they can do whatever but they don't talk the other thing is they can show the way their body was when they died and then they can also show what they want it to look like yeah which is strange but it comes into play later again like a lot of things are set up for the end yeah so this movie is relatively predictable i think you can tell in most cases what the deal is I know it's a mystery because of how everything comes together at the end, Mm -hmm. but it can be pretty predictable. Yeah. And the actual story itself is not that original. It's just the way that they're doing it, I guess you can kind of say, is original enough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting enough that the way they put the pieces together. But if you're watching this movie as a skeptic movie watcher as many of us are which i do right which i do as well it's you know you get introduced your to a side character and you're like oh well that person's going to be important later because they pointed them out and yep. said their name right Absolutely. so they're going to be important <laughs> or they mentioned specifically that ghosts can't talk so i i must have to know that for the future mm-hmm. so i gotta look out for that right yep. um so if you're a skeptic movie watcher you can probably predict a lot of these things and that's why i think a lot of them are brought up at the beginning so that you're supposed to kind of forget about it later yeah i think that's what they're trying to go for it works in a way like if you weren't paying that much attention Mm -hmm. and then at the end they get to the scene you're like oh i see i see what they were doing okay (laughs) (laughs) but to be fair it doesn't make it any less emotionally difficult right and i think every person i think every person in this movie does a good job with the acting yeah When I read some of the reviews of people, like a lot of people didn't think there was chemistry between Stormy and Odd, but I didn't see that at all. Am I wrong? I don't know. I haven't been in a relationship for a while, so maybe I'm just wrong, but I was like, I want a relationship like that. It seems awesome. No, I think, I think, I wouldn't say that there's no chemistry, and I think in general, the acting was pretty good. There are times when Stormy's lines, and I don't know if this is based on the writing or based on the acting, sound sort of flat and unnatural. Like a normal person wouldn't say that. Sure. And I know that they are supposed to be sort of this strange odd couple that somehow works, but it just doesn't seem like natural flow of conversation, Mm. right? It's a little too like quick or like using weird phrases that people wouldn't normally use. So it sort of it sort of throws you off a little bit at times. I guess I'm just used to so many shows and so many movies that do that, that it almost becomes regular. Right. It's a, I mean, it's a very sort of indie movie thing mm-hmm. to do, right? Yes, I you agree. Think of movies like Juno, right? Oh, Nobody sure. thinks that snappy and witty and right. right I know because once. I'm always snappy and witty and then people are like, what'd you say? 
I was like, oh, right. I guess I can't <laughs> do it again. All right. It's not like TV and movies. I got you. And it's not just that like one witty thing gets said. It's like 10 witty things in a row, in a row. get said. <laughs> and you're like, nobody, no, normal people don't sustain conversations like that. Right. I don't think that in real life when you're at a hospital that everyone's quipping the way they are in scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) So I think that probably is what people are responding to in terms of the chemistry aspect of it. And let's not forget, it's an hour and a half long movie. Yeah. So they don't have the time like Batman v Superman did with three and a half hours to really get all this stuff. Like the way they show that they're meant to be, they mention that we are destined to be together forever. It's because when they were kids... They went to one of those gypsy fortune teller machines. Mm -hmm. And that's the fortune they got is you are destined to be together forever. So that's supposed to show you that this is like a bond, especially in a weird movie like this. Of course, that means they are destined to be together. Right. That happens. And what I do like about this movie, because they don't have the time to go through and say, let's have Odd be the person that has to tell everyone, like, you got to believe me. I see that, you know, it's already established that the main people in the movie really know that he can see and they trust him because of how many people he's brought in or whatever you want to call it. Like Willem Dafoe, the police chief, completely believes that he sees ghosts and that ghosts help him solve things because he has gotten the bad guys off the streets. So he knows that stuff. Right. Odd says it pretty close to the beginning. He says, you know, I'm really careful who I tell, who I have these abilities to, because my mom had similar things and she's crazy, like got locked up and I don't want that to happen to me. So Stormy knows, Stormy Llewellyn, his girlfriend, who didn't actually introduce, but she knows everything and the police chief knows and they sort of work together You know, at the very beginning, they see him catching a guy who killed a young girl. And the police chief's like, you know, if you had come to me, we could have set something up like we normally do, where we, you know, make it on the books look legit (laughs) and not, you know, how could you possibly have known this? So, um, But other than that, most people don't don't know anything of his abilities. So they've sort of had this setup where police chief like just trusts that everything he says is going to be legit and i think that works for what they're trying to do they don't have to go into it i mean i wouldn't mind seeing a lot more of the family dynamic but they do only have that one scene yeah and dean Koontz writes about that and we'll talk about it later as well but yeah that's really all he needs willem dafoe's wife and him know and then stormy knows and then the person they work with kind of has an idea yeah but And that comes out much later. But really, those are the people that need to know anything. So one of the other big things about this movie, and I thought this was done very well, and I thought this is where probably most of the budget went, were on these things called bodaks. And bodaks are these creatures, and they kind of, they're transparent, and then they become opaque, and you see them better, and they're these really weird-looking creatures Mm -hmm. that feed on the fear and death stink on people. humans (laughs) and they come from like hell pretty much they come from some Mm -hmm. gateway whenever they want and odd can see them but no one else can so right now in the studio we could be surrounded by bodax and we'd have no idea what it means is something terrible is about to happen and when you see more of them that means something even worse is going to happen he mentioned when penny died the girl that mandy was just talking about there were no bodax in sight Because that meant nothing to them. Right. So if like one person gets killed, they don't care. It's more about like mass destruction, mass death. Right. Is where you see 
where you see Bodax. And they show at one point, just to get the story across, when Odd was younger, some other kid was talking to him and was like, I, you know, I see them too. I'm so, it's so awesome to meet you. And, you know, last time I saw him, I gave one the finger and I was like, oh no, you're not supposed to let them know <laughs> that you can see yeah. them because they're going to kill you. And at that instant, a van comes by or a truck comes by and hits the kid and kills him because a Bodak was like being in charge of whatever the guy was in the truck. Yeah. So it wasn't the guy in the truck that wanted to do it, it was the Bodak controlling him. Yeah. So that's an interesting point, too, which they go throughout this entire movie where Odd has to work hard a lot to make sure that these Bodaks don't see him notice them. Right. What is a little bit confusing is he's very clear that Bodaks can't hurt you. They are only there to watch and feed off of the death. Mm -hmm. But then it's confusing why then he says if you if they know that you are if able you can to, yeah. able to see them then they will kill you right so that's right. well a little in, inconsistent and in, yes and actually it's way more inconsistent later on in the movie yeah because at one point a boat act takes over someone completely like just goes into their body and then uses them for the rest of the you know scene that they're doing and then at another point they hold odd back right and we'll get to that later on because that's actually that's probably my favorite scene of the movie and we'll talk about that. But yeah, this movie is a little inconsistent <laughs> on, what, on <laughs> whose power is what and what you're able to do. And yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely get to that. But that's how the movie pretty much starts. Is It's that whole introduction to characters and what Odd can do. And that he is seeing a lot more Bodaks than he's ever seen before. He sometimes goes months without seeing any. But now they're following around this weirdo guy who's making like face twitches. And he's got like two different color hair <laughs> style. Like yep. it's... Really weird. He's wearing like a seersucker suit. Very strange. Acting very weird. And they give him a nickname, Fungus Bob. Yep. It's <laughs> just that, you know, he starts following him around and he's doing a whole bunch of weird stuff. And he's got the next day, what is it, like October 15th or something? Yep. He's got that like locked in. Man, I wish this show it's was August, coming out. It's August on 15th. Oh, damn it. All right. I was like, <laughs> damn, August. I wish we would do it at this time. Uh, so, yeah. So, August 15th. So, he's got it marked down. So, Odd is obviously like, shit, something's going to happen. Yeah. I need to help out. But the boat acts are being very weird because they don't always show up with him. Right. And sometimes they disappear and he's not used to that. He's used to seeing them until something bad happens. Right. So Odd works in a diner, right? And this is where we get to introduce a lot of the characters. And originally this guy comes in and that's when he first sees him with all the Bodaks. And then he uses his magnetism after he gets off of work to go follow him. And he follows him to the mall. This is where Stormy works in an ice cream shop. Yeah, she's the manager. She's the manager of the ice cream shop. Looking all cute and adorable (laughs) in her little uniform. It's pretty adorable. Um, But adorable's for puppies. All right. (laughs) Puppies and odd. Yeah, that's right. And that's when Fungus Bob leaves the mall and the Bodaks don't follow him. They just like disappear into this little gate thing in the in the ground. So Odd knows something is up. Right. Something's different about all this. So he goes to his apartment. Yeah. He finds his apartment. And in there, some guy interrupts. There are two Rottweilers. And some guy interrupts, says he wants his gun back, and then threatens the dog and leaves. While he's in there, he notices that there's a huge portal, like a hellmouth, pretty much, if you watch Buffy. Like a hellmouth for all these Bodaks. So he's like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Never seen this many before. It's thousands and thousands. So he has to hide so they don't see him. And then they go from there. But he's 
getting this whole thing of where Fungus Bob is probably going to do something massive on August 15th. Right, because Fungus Bob has all of these things all over his, like, crappy little house about like mass murderers and the Unabomber and Satan and all of this stuff all over his house and he has the date book that says August 15th so he knows that something is going to happen and that Fungus Bob is involved. And at one point he goes back because we're going to be skipping around for the movie. At one point he goes back to the house again and inside when he finally gets to look around a little bit more when Fungus Bob had picked up these huge gallon things of ice cream from the store where Stormy works, one of them has a skull in it, and then he's got a whole bunch of fingers and a whole bunch of teeth Ugh. and like all this, yeah. All this shit. <laughs> and you're like, why? Like, where is this coming from? Yeah. What's going on? So he's still trying to piece everything together. By the way, they never explain why he has a whole bunch of teeth and fingers. I think I can explain it. Oh, okay. But we should get to... We'll yeah, wait till the, the end. Yeah. So there's a couple of scenes where you're introduced to some other people. For one, the police chief has two police officers more on the younger side i'd say what like late 20s early 30s maybe late 20s i'd I'd put them at and one of them is going to be hooked up with this girl that also knows odd because it's a small town i don't think we even mentioned pico mundo is the name of the town in california it's a fictional town yeah because what i did was i actually looked up (laughs) to see (laughs) because they mention odd mentions offhand during the movie that Stormy wants him to leave Pico Mundo and go get married in Vegas and stay there. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, there are way too many ghosts and bad things happening in Vegas. I'd be fighting all this stuff 24-7. So I had to see how long it would take him to get to Vegas. But it's a fictional town. So (laughs) doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But so pretty much it seems like everyone knows everyone Mm -hmm. relatively so this very attractive blonde girl is being set up with the police officer. They started probably like, what, like five months ago or something they mentioned? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. And she kind of makes a pass at Odd, but Odd is so completely in love. And she knows that he's completely in love. So it's more like just a fun, friendly flirting. Like, hey, if anything ever happens with Stormy, you know, you can get with this. Yeah. You know, but and he doesn't even care. He seems <laughs> totally oblivious to right. it. He completely. Not, like, he knows what she's doing, but he just has no need for it so he's just like instead of making this awkward i'm just going to make jokes and she knows <laughs> yeah. that i'm with stormy yeah so it's at this point that he lets the chief know hey this guy fungus bob bob robertson you know robert robertson, robertson. <laughs> <laughs> what a is, great name yeah, i know right he has you know all this weird stuff going on you know i'm always right like just check into him something big's gonna go down so he sets one of his newer police officer guys on it to check on things so you see them talk and they're like hey he doesn't have any background like nothing so odds like just gotta do this he has this weird vision where all these guys in these bowling outfits like almost like the pin pals from the simpsons yep but they're black and red and And he has this dream, which I thought they pulled off pretty well. They were like faceless, like weird faceless people being like, save us, save us. And they're all getting shot. They're all getting gunned down. Mm -hmm. And then also Odd gets shot. But this is all a dream. So it doesn't really matter. And this is all the things he's trying to put together right now. You've got Fungus Bob. You've got the people being shot uh, with the bowling outfits on. And then you've also got his friend at the diner who also has a weird dream where people are getting shot and it happens to also be some of the bowling alley people as well. Right. 
and he knows that there's lots of bodaks, so there's something really bad coming. Cause there's never that this many in this small of a town, and he knows August fifteenth, which is tomorrow. Right. So he's trying to put all of this stuff together, and what you're supposed to be thinking is, you know, hey, is it really just one person? Is it more people? Is this some big event, or is it something even smaller where it's actually against odd? Like you don't know yeah. all this stuff. So at one point. They're having, you know, because of course, it's like almost like an indie thing. They're having a picnic up in the <laughs> church steeple or something. Right. I don't know, whatever the fuck it is. So he goes and talks to the, the police chief, Willem Dafoe, at his house and t- says all this stuff and, you know, it's going to happen tomorrow and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to just go have a picnic with Stormy. That's cool. Yeah. In, a, in a church belfry. Right. Oh, okay. Is that what it's called? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well done. All right. So, yeah, when this is happening, he happens to look down and there's Fungus Bob like storming after him. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, for lack of better words, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so Odd takes Stormy. They go hide out in the church. All of a sudden, things start moving around crazy. They run out. Mm-hmm. They go tell the chief again. And they show up and the chief's like, there's no fingerprints. There's no nothing. Right. You know, they can't find him. Blah, blah. Now... We're supposed to probably notice a little bit that he hasn't been talking. Like, he's not yelling. He's not saying anything. Also, Stormy wasn't the one who saw him. Yeah. Only Odd saw him. So it does turn out that Fungus Bob is dead. Right. So who killed him? But we don't know this for a little while. Yeah, yeah. This is, we're like I said, we're skipping around. We're just going to. So so, who killed him and why? Yeah. Yeah. Why is this? Why is this happening? Then. They go to the bowling alley next, I believe. Yes, they do go to the bowling alley and he doesn't know why. Right. So he shows up, he goes to the bowling alley, they go in, and he's like, this is okay, I checked this place out already, they have these green bowling shirts on, it's fine. As he goes in, though, they have changed their Mm -hmm. decor, and now they have the red and black bowling alley shirts. So now he's freaked out. He calls the chief who is on his date night. So every time he calls, he's like in the middle of having sex or about to have sex with his wife. But because it's odd, and they trust him, they're not going to be like, oh no, we don't believe you whatever we're not gonna take this seriously right so then one of the police officers shows up and starts asking questions about fungus bob right because he called the police chief and he's like the bowling alley might be in danger they changed their shirts blah blah blah. you need to send someone so he sends one of the police officers over to keep an eye on the bowling alley and also to keep looking out for fungus bob so he starts questioning them about fungus bob he's like this guy harassed you he's like why you know and he's being really weird about it. he's like this guy recently yeah he, he did this okay and then they notice that he has a tattoo on his arm or stormy notices that yeah. he has a tattoo on his arm and it's pod <laughs> and i remember the first time i saw this movie <laughs> i was like he's evil yep he listens to christian new metal <laughs> Who would ever have a P.O.D. <laughs> tattoo on their, <laughs> on their arm? Yep. Uh, that band is also initially what I, yeah, my that's, initial reaction. Right? Because what he says is, and you know, Odd doesn't seem to know what it's about. She yeah. doesn't know what it's about. And he says, oh, in my younger days, without the police academy, I never would be where I am today. I was having, you know, some issues. And this is an obscenity that I'd rather not share with you. So I laughed at that, too, because right? I thought maybe that was still in the same vein. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, we're making fun of the 1990-whatever to 2000s <laughs> new metal Christian band, P.O.D., which stands for Payable on Death. That's what it stands Is for. Is that what it's... I, yeah. Yeah. That's what it stands for outside of this movie. <laughs> but in my, in my research, I realized P.O.D. is still around. 
and no. not not only are they still around touring like every single year and putting out an album like every two years almost it seems they have over a million monthly listeners on spotify oh my god how is that how and, is that possible and mandy i don't know if you remember some of their songs you remember the song Southtown? yes that's the only song i ever liked of theirs like <laughs> i actually still think that's a good song that's not even on their top Spotify songs. Oh my gosh. Like they have more songs <laughs> that get played more than that. I worry. I worry for the state of this country. <laughs> I, let's make music great again. That's what I say. And if you want to hear great music, you just have to listen to Ian Hates Music. There you go. What a plug. Hold on. Now Work I that one right in. Now I deserve this. There you go. Yes, this is so they have that tattoo, and that hasn't really tipped anyone off yet. Yeah. But the way he's kind of asking about it, it, you know, as a movie watcher, you should be like, eh, this yeah. is a little fishy here. Right. Like, why is this guy giving them such a hard time? Although you could, granted, you could say, like, this new officer on the force, his police chief is basically doing everything that this young kid is telling them to do. Like, what is the deal? Because this is not really adding up. That's also true. But that also true. he's a little bit obnoxious about it. So you're like, ah, I don't really trust this guy. Right. So then... Odd is having a lot of weird, even weirder, you know, kind of like flashbacks or flash forward, whatever you want. He's having weird dreams, visions, whatever you want to call it. And one of them is he's constantly seeing a bullet go through someone's chest. Yeah. So he thinks it has to do with the chief. So now one scene that I know the character, I guess, is supposed to be much, much bigger in the book series the name is Ozzy, and it's played by Patton Oswalt. And he's literally one scene. Right. It's like, damn it, I want to see more <laughs> Patton Oswalt. Like, he's awesome. Apparently, he makes this steel heart with a necklace chain. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted, like, an actual plate <laughs> of steel to go over a heart. Yeah. Instead, this is the shape of a heart, but it's still made of steel. It's still six inches in diameter or whatever. So that will come in later. He gives that to the chief. The hot blonde girl that we mentioned before... When Stormy and Odd leave on his scooter, that's the other thing we didn't even mention. He doesn't own a house. He doesn't own a car. He doesn't. He wants his life to be as simple as possible because it's already as confusing and crazy and weird already. So why add a whole bunch of loans and credit cards and all that kind of stuff? But Stormy has a scooter. Yes. So they ride her scooter. (laughs) They ride her scooter. And as he's about to be dropped off, they hear screaming. Mm-hmm. And this is where the little quips are, you know, because instead of Stormy going like, what the fuck is that? She's like, oh, sounds like that's for you. <laughs> you know. Yep. So he runs after the sound. She also runs after. You hear those two Rottweilers again. The dogs catch up. It is the the hot blonde girl. She's kind of beaten up a little bit. She's running. The dogs catch up to her, kill her. And then some guy with a gun catches and shoots the dogs but couldn't save the girl. Yeah. Now, normally, I don't like it when dogs die in movies. I still don't really like it, but these dogs were kind of dicks. So Yeah, I mean, I feel like if they're literally killing a woman by eating her alive, I'm going to say maybe it's okay. Yeah, because <laughs> they didn't show... It wasn't like these dogs were shown to be starving and mistreated, so mm-hmm. that's why they had... You know, this was like food to them. It wasn't like that at all. It was more of these were bred to be killer dogs. So the police officers show up the chief shows up. That's when Odd gives him the necklace chain. Yep. But once again, Odd says, I've seen those dogs before. Those are fungus bobs. So right. now, you know, the other police officers don't want to do it. But the chief is saying, you have to go look for this guy. You right. have to figure out what's going on because she's dead. This is like a friend of theirs, too. 
Right. So all the focus right now is on Fungus Bob. Like he's the one behind all of this. And so now it's a manhunt for him. Yep. And the one police officer is like, I've been in his house all day. And then I went to the bowling alley, the one who's kind of a dick. And he's like, this is a waste of my time. Why am I doing this? I shouldn't have to go looking for this Fungus Bob character. Because he wants to do something else, it seems. <laughs> yeah. And when Odd gets back to his apartment, he notices that something's a little different. There's a light on where it shouldn't be in the bathroom. He looks in the bathroom, and there is Fungus Bob dead in his tub and a gun just conveniently on the floor. Yeah. Right so he goes, I know a setup when I've seen one. He goes to call the chief, but realizes if he calls the chief, he will have to arrest him. Right. And he won't be able to help the next day. With whatever is going down. So wraps him up, throws him outside, puts him in a car, and travels to a place that used to be a prison Mm -hmm. that then was changed into a family-style restaurant for some reason. And also was changed into a church and also was changed into like a strip club, I guess? (laughs) It seemed like (laughs) it's kind of strange, yes. It's now just an empty, broken-down prison. But he takes him in there and he puts him in the gas chamber. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> throws him in there. And he, at this point, yeah. he also realizes that he's been dead for oh. many hours. So oh, yeah. he, this is when Odd realizes that Fungus Bob, when he saw him running towards the church, was already dead. Right. So there's got to be somebody else involved in this. Like, Fungus Bob definitely has to have at least a partner. So he goes back to his apartment, and this is what we talked about before, to see what was going on. That's where he looks in his internet as well, and he sees that he was looking at this like inconspicuous white van, mm-hmm. and there's all this devil-worshipping stuff. There's you know all that kind of stuff on the computer. So he's like, oh, he must have some help, and he keeps on seeing that vision of the bullet going through the chest. Now, something brings him again to the hospital because we see a scene where... The police chief thinks it's odd showing up at his place. And once again, it's still date night. So he pulls open the door and you can see there's recognition mm-hmm. in his in his eyes. It's not like, who the fuck are you? Why are you? You know, anything like that. And he gets shot three times. Odd shows up at the hospital when he goes in. I don't even think we mentioned the way they look, but one of the police officers, the one who has the blonde been, one. Yeah, the one who's <laughs> almost redhead. He's almost a little red. Maybe yeah. already has his gun out, by the way. And turns and points it at Odd and is like, whoa, sorry, you know, I'm I'm on edge right now. Police chief is in there. The wife comes out, thanks Odd, pulls out the steel thing that was protecting his heart. It has two bullets mm-hmm. and then one that kind of went through on the side. Yep. And he's like, what happened to that one? She's like, oh, that's what he's in surgery for right now. But says he, that he saved his life. I don't know. Where does he go from there? Again? <laughs> <laughs> so this is... So he leaves the hospital. The police chief is now incapacitated. He's in surgery. So we're not he's not going to be any help in the next like 24 hours or so. He also says goodbye to Storm. Is this the morning now? Oh no, they go to the um the waitress's house. Yes, they go to the waitress's house. And that's where they he has that power to be able to like tell what her dreams are. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, and tells her to like stay away from the bowling alley and not to go anywhere and don't do anything. And when he goes up to her kids' room, yep. they're just bodaks everywhere. Yeah. So now he knows there's still yep. some crazy amount of things that's gonna happen. And he also says in this part, 
because Stormy's like, if you listen to Odd, you'll be fine. And Odd's like, oh no, like you can't say that because if it basically if it's your fate to do something, yeah, you have free will, but like life has a way of bending bending yeah. around that. I like that. I right? actually really like that line. Yeah. So he's basically like, you know, yeah, we can we can make choices, but at the same time, if it's your fate for something to happen, like you might not be able to avoid it. I also like another line just to bring it up because we're we're almost I think we're there anyways. Almost, I think yeah. it's yeah. Stormy won't stay home. It's the day now. It's yeah. the morning. He's like to stay home and she's like, "Well, will you?" and he goes, "No, I have to go stop this. I have to, you know, just stay home." She's like, "No, I won't." And he goes, "Have I ever told you you've got a lot of issues?" And she says, "I'm a woman. We all have issues." <laughs> it's what keeps us interesting and you men interested. And once again, it's the quip back and forth. And that's why he goes, oh, yeah, it's what keeps us crazy and die younger. (laughs) And she goes, do you love me? And he says, I love you more than life itself. And she kind of winks at him and says, see, it's working. So, it's you know, it's a little adorableness between them. They're pretty adorable. I'm not going to lie. Even though sometimes, like I said, it seems like her lines are a little flat or, you know, scripted and unrealistic. They are a very adorable, like, couple, the back and forth. You can tell they really care about each other. Yeah, they're in love. They're in love. and Destined to be together forever. Destined to be together. So she drives away on her scooter and she's... Like, don't look back, you know, because she's worried about... And she says multiple times throughout, you know, I'm really worried about you. I just want to make sure everything's okay. So then, Odd kind of gets this realization that he kept on thinking about the chief being the one who was shot. But then realizes, oh no, Fungus Bob was shot through the chest. Let me go check that out again. So he goes back and, of course, it smells rank and... Bugs are crawling over. That's why it's so weird that that's like a PG-13 movie is fine with all this like death and dismemberment. You know, it's okay because they don't swear and they don't have sex. <laughs> so he goes back and he kind of pushes together the skin in the chest of where the bullet came out. And right there is the tattoo, the POD. So he starts thinking Fungus Bob and the one police officer are together. Yeah. So how are they going to do it and what are they going to do? Now, how did he know they were going to the mall? So what happens is then he gets in his car and uses his magnetism, his psychic magnetism to go find that douchey <laughs> police, officer. <laughs> police officer, the brunette one, not the blonde one. Right. He's like, I, I'm get- to go find him. And he winds up at the mall. And he sees the police car there. So he knows he's on the right track. Yep. He goes, instead of just tromping around the mall he goes to the security place in the mall through the back way right and he knows something's up he sees a guy in a mask outside the door guy comes through baseball bat right to the face (laughs) yeah and the injuries looked really bad it was really gruesome i think he killed him i don't think there was no he didn't at the end they mentioned oh did they really okay that's okay fine but he definitely like broke his jaw like unhinged his jaw it was pretty gross yeah it was the blonde police officer right so So now he's like right in the face right so now he's like oh no it's not just a a duo there's three people fungus bob had two friends both of these young police officers are involved right he realizes oh shit this is where everything's going down they were probably going to come in at the end and be like the heroes Mm -hmm. of you know whatever and what we didn't mention too well i didn't mention originally was so the pod on their tattoos actually stands for prince of darkness because that's all the satan worshiping and all that kind of stuff (laughs) 
It's just funny. It should have been the band. It should have been the it band. It should have been the band. Should have been, I'm, they're all so obsessed with the band, they just decided <laughs> to go on a murderous <laughs> rampage so that the band would know them. I could, I could believe that. <laughs> and when he touches the blonde police officer, he sees like them together with the other police officer and with Fungus Bob. He also sees that the reason why the girl was killed the, the cute blonde girl, the reason why she was killed was because I guess Fungus Bob left a file with all of these pictures of the mall, like enter here and like all this ridiculous <laughs> evidence against them and their plan. And she's like, oh, what? You were going to stalk, you were going to stalk someone at the mall? And he's like, fucking Fungus Bob and like punches her in the <laughs> face and shows the whole she's tied up and stuff. So right. this is how everything's working right now. Right. So the blonde girl we find out was killed because she knew too much and so they had to kill her as well she wasn't part of the plan originally because no. why would she be of course he probably wants to like date her and stuff right but psychopaths still need <laughs> you know, they have they sex need, with people and they stuff. need love too yeah so now he's looking around the mall and he starts to see all the things that the girl was mentioning in her dream basically which we didn't talk about because just like oh there's bright lights and there's a crowd roar and there's water and you know it's like where would all that be right. well a mall so he starts seeing all this stuff then he sees her with the kids, he's like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And they're sitting right behind the table full of the bowling alley people. Yeah. So he's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, go. <laughs> like, take the kids and go. And at least she knows well enough to be like, I have to listen to Odd. He knows right. something. So they leave and they're fine. I just love how she didn't notice all of the bowling yeah. alley people. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. She must have thought, oh, there's no danger anywhere. But they're right, right there. Right there, right? <laughs> right there. I'm sorry. And if I was her, I would just have not left the house. She yes. told her to go to her grandma's house. I and agree. she said she was going to go. And why would you even leave the house? Like, why wouldn't you just stay in the house? It speaks to people still thinking that everything's always going to be fine. <laughs> and this could never happen to them. But hey, you never know. I mean, I get the concept of obviously don't just stay in your house all the time for no reason. But at the same time, someone has told you something bad is happening on this date. Like, why don't you just play it safe and not leave the house? Just saying. I agree. She leaves, which is fine. And then he realizes, oh, shit. Why didn't Stormy just fucking stay home, too? Because she's in the ice cream store. Multiple cool scenes in this right here. When he starts looking around, he realizes this is where everything's going down. There's a portal and thousands of Bodaks mm-hmm. just start streaming out of it. And they're just surrounding every single part of the mall. Yeah. He realizes also that he's wondering, like, why did I only see the Bodaks around Fungus Bob? And why didn't I see them around the police officers? Because if they were involved, I should have seen them around them as well. And then he realizes, oh, shit. Like, the Bodaks were messing with me. Yeah, they were like, manipulating They were manipulating yeah. me. They knew I could see them. And they... Like, we're fucking with me. Exactly. And that's fucking great. (laughs) Like, it's the little things, once again, we talk about this in the show all the time, is it's the little things in movies like that that work very well. Yeah. So he kind of pieces that together. And then this was also cool, was as those Bodaks are going around, you hear a girl scream. And everyone in the mall stops. And I thought that was cool, too, because they could tell it was something serious. Yeah. Just screams regular and then goes, he's got a gun. And they all run. And it was just a well-done, like, well-scouted scene, I guess, like, the way they framed everything. And what's also cool is Odd, of course, has to be the one, like, to run towards where everyone else is running away. And while this is happening, the security alarm goes off. Someone 
in the security room locks all of the doors. Uh, yeah, I think what I think the blonde cop, one of the things that he did in the security office before he got like a timer, maybe. Yeah, he had something that was going to go off to lock all the doors, and and at this point, Odd can't even tell Stormy what's going on because he had lost his phone. So earlier, ah, uh, yeah, in he, the expl- oh, we didn't even talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Earlier, he got in a fight with the poltergeist version of Fungus Bob <laughs> yep. in his house, and. Uh, Basically, I had to jump out of a window but uh, before it exploded, yes. but he, in the process, he lost his phone. So even when he gets to the mall, he can't call and let anybody know because right. he doesn't have a phone. And that's a good storytelling, too. Yeah. Because otherwise, you'd be like, just pick up your fucking phone right. and call. That would have been fun. I mean, honestly, there's... In watching this, I was, for the second time, I was kind of going, you know, why didn't he start alerting people in the mall to evacuate immediately like why didn't he as soon as he got to the mall like he's in the security office go over the intercom say like everybody get out but i don't know like maybe that would have made them act faster that's a possibility and i think he was i think he was trying to get the jump on them right because he kept on saying in his head who he was looking for so i think he was trying to get that jump on them first right that did not work though no it didn't work it didn't work (laughs) So he runs through all the people, like hundreds of people are running at him. He has to make it all the way across the mall. And that's where Stormy is, too. He has to make it there, too. But it just happens that they're at the same area. Right. And there's a guy with the, you know, with the mask on. And he is just unloading with a fully automatic weapon. Yeah. And just clip after clip. And he doesn't seem to be a good shot. He's just firing everywhere, basically. One thing I did like about this, because when he hit the blonde police officer with the bat, he took his gun. And that's where he also noticed there were only four bullets in it. He used the other bullets on the chief. Right. And that's what gave him kind of a flash to see that. But what I liked about this was, in a lot of these type of movies, people always have like this anti-gun thing. Like, oh, I don't use guns or whatever. Odd had no problem just <laughs> picking up the gun and being like, I'm going to shoot the bad guys. Right. Like, I don't have a problem with this. Yep. Took the gun, loads it. So now he's got... So he starts taking some shots at the guy as he's reloading. And I do enjoy that he's not a very good shot. Right. Yeah. He doesn't often use... Like, he doesn't carry a gun with him. So he's not going to be the greatest. But yeah, he he misses. He also hits the shoulder. That's his second to last shot. Yeah. And then this was my favorite scene in the movie where they were breaking the rules a little bit. But the Bodax all start coming down because they know what he's doing and they start holding him back. So he is now pushing them aside and they're like slowing him down like quicksand basically. But he still got his hand out with the gun. The guy is reloading as he's trying to make it and people are screaming all around him. And it's kind of in slow motion now because he can't move as much. But he gets, I don't know, what, 10 feet in front of him maybe and gets that one last shot off and headshot. But as that shot goes off, the boat acts almost know that guy's dead and let him go so he speeds up as he gets a shot and it just Mm -hmm. looks really really good yeah very cool visual effect and visual impact yeah it worked very well and he looks over and he sees that the ice cream shop is shot up like his emotions about to come out but then there's stormy she was hiding behind the counter she's okay she looks at him and he looks at her and they kind of have this moment where they're about to talk to each other and about to like scream out to each other or whatever but At that moment, the blonde girl who died earlier, she shows up as a ghost. And he noticed that, you know, obviously his special powers or whatever pulls him there. And he goes, oh, shit. He runs over to the dead guy. It is not 
the police officer. It is not the douchebag police officer from before. It's the guy who ended up killing the dogs when that girl was being chased. So yeah. that was another person they had. So basically they have four people right. in their group. So he realizes that there was a fourth person. And this is also the guy that he ran into way, way earlier in the movie at Fungus Bob's house who like threatened the dogs. and He just didn't see him right. at that point. Yeah, so they flash back. Because now, once again, it's just whatever rules or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, here, here's another flashback. Yeah. So he knows that the douchebag brunette cop is still out there and he also sees a couple of bodaks like disappear and yeah. go so, so he's like shit like yep. this isn't over and he follows the girl who has chosen once again at one point she has blood all over her and another point she's now completely fine and she runs and leads him to a inconspicuous white van yep. that is parked inside the little the maintenance area or yep. something so he runs there she goes in there he knows something's wrong he gets a guy to get a grinder opens it up there is a ton i mean this is a huge bomb this isn't just a little thing that's going to go off and only destroy them all like this would destroy way more yeah but at that point a bodak sees that the brunette cop is leaving like he's getting out of there thinking his job is done basically because i'm i'm assuming that the bomb was there as a it's their backup plan I don't think they were going to level them all because if their plan was to show up afterwards as the good guys, they wouldn't level them all after that, right? No, they would. I but mean, don't they want to be the heroes? Because what I was assuming, this is just what I was assuming, yeah. was that the two police officers were going to come in and kill that other guy to make it look like they, you know what I mean? They're going to kill a bunch of people, all three of them, but then they're going to take off their stuff, kill the one guy, and make it seem like they were the heroes. So that's why I thought maybe that the truck with the bomb was their backup plan. I thought it was just going to be that the two police officers were going to leave before the bomb went off. Like, let that guy do the mass murder. It's possible. Blow up the rest of the mall and then show up. It's possible, but then they wouldn't be heroes. True. And that's what Odd had mentioned before. But who knows? Again, this is all just us. It's not super clear what they're actually, what their plan actually was. Right. Well, the Bodak goes into the brunette cop, which we talked about earlier. He turns around, starts shooting. He kills the guy who had the grinder. And then Odd realizes that he's probably okay with blowing that thing up right now, too. I yeah. mean, the brunette cop doesn't care about living. The Bodak doesn't care about right. that. And there's a timer on it. Yeah, there's, there's only a timer. like three minutes left. Yeah, it was like 2.50 or something when yeah. they opened it originally. But he also shoots directly at the bomb <laughs> as well. But Odd pulls down the, the latch he gets shot mm-hmm. a couple times actually i think <laughs> a couple times gets in the truck he's you know he's bleeding out he drives the brunette cop gets on the van as well on the side takes another shot at him like and it scrapes his face with a whole bunch of glass yeah. they make it out out of the city and basically make it to where those big trenches are like in terminator 2 <laughs> that's the way i always think about it yes like in terminator yeah 2. like in terminator 2 the Bodak is still in the brunette cop, but Odd decides to just jump out. He's got the van primed to go into this trench because he only has like two minutes. Brunette cop goes over the side of the trench, face over, bam, huge explosion. And the fire and smoke and everything travels like miles. That's yeah. how big that explosion was going to be. But it's isolated to the trench. Exactly. Which is perfect. Which is perfect. Yeah. Worked out very well for them. <laughs> like it was planned. <laughs> Odd wakes up in the hospital, and there's Stormy right next to him. Nurse comes in, like, he's, you know, he's alive. Come come get, or he's awake. 
And then in come the girl, the friend of his from the restaurant, as well as Willem Dafoe and his wife. Yep. They talk about how that thing would have exploded and killed like 500 to 600 people. Basically, Odd's a huge hero. It went all over the country, the news story. He's got the media around him. He's got hundreds of people waiting outside the hospital, all that kind of stuff. All he wants to do really, though, is get back to his apartment with Stormy. Yeah. And they talk about how they've now like interrogated the blonde cop who's the only one who lived and how he and brunette cop like were all about Satan in high school and then they all, jo- about uh, all about Satan and then they, you know, joined the police force to infiltrate a small town and destroy yeah. a small town because apparently uh, that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they killed someone when they were younger and realized they liked it. And that's yeah. why they continued on. Willem Dafoe leaves Stormy and Odd at the... I think it's her apartment because yeah. it's nicer. And he kind of looks down. He shakes his head yeah. as he leaves. And you're like, that's weird. Like, why would he do that? But now you have Odd talking about how they're just like eating bad food and drinking too much. And they're just barely even... So like they're kissing all the time. And they just need to be away from everything. And this is perfect for them. Yeah. And they're having sex, and they're just, like, really super happy just, like, to be together. And I'm I'm like, yay, movie stop. (laughs) Everything's great. Yeah, right. If the movie ended right here, (laughs) I would be pretty happy. Yeah, everything's all good. I would like this movie a lot more. (laughs) And then what is it, like, two weeks, something like that? They don't specify. They don't really, yeah. Just William William Dafoe shows up and he's like. With the wife and with the friend. friend. Yeah, Yeah. and they're like, it's been, like, long enough. He's like, what what are you talking about? He's like, me and Stormy, we just had to get away from the paparazzi and the media and whatnot. We just wanted to be alone. I think the wife says, they finally released her body. And you're like, no. (laughs) Not the thing we knew happened but didn't want it to happen. (laughs) And I swear, I don't care. I've mentioned on the show for a few. There are certain things that always get me. It's a very rare amount of movies that have this ability. I think 1408 gets me, too. That's a that's a big one. Yep. When I realize that fucking Stormy died, like, I ball every <laughs> single fucking time. Like, if we have this movie on in the background and we get to that scene, I might. Like, it's just, I can't help it. So when did you know first time? Oh. Honestly, first honestly, time. Honestly, first time. When they went to speak to each other and they couldn't. Yeah. Because you know with how much they talk that she would have said something. Yeah. There's no way that she wouldn't have said or she would have followed him because she follows him on everything else. Mm -hmm. She would have run after him to help. Right. And she doesn't. Right. So he looks back and he sees her. And this time there's like four or five bloody spots on her shirt. Right. Because like we mentioned before, they can change in and out of how they died to what they look like now. Also, I think this kind of ruins their rules a little bit because at one point Odd says, I guess maybe it's because it's pleasure and not pain or something. But if they're having sex and they're doing all these things, like that's a physical touch. Right. That a ghost now has in their dimension. Where he mentions before that a ghost cannot harm. So maybe that is, maybe literally if the ghost is trying to harm you, it can't. But if it wants to love you, it can. <laughs> so yeah, not, it's not, not all ghosts are dicks. I don't it's know. really not. Like the rules about this are really inconsistent. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> it's not really clear. No. So now everything, and he, he mentions he, he sort of knew, part of him knew, yeah. but on that day, he would not have been able to handle it like it would have ended him. Right. If 
there is no way he would have gone to help with the truck. No matter what, how great a guy he is, he would not have gone and saw that bomb because he would have been holding Stormy's dead body. Like, right. there's no right. way. He you know, knew. Yeah, he, he knew. There was a part of him that knew, but right. really just wanted to spend the time with her ghost. And the reason why I was more like, I highly doubt they're going to do this because that was my first thought is she's dead and she's a ghost because she hasn't, we didn't mention this on purpose, but she didn't talk to him when he woke up in the hospital. Everyone seems to run past her. He's not holding her hand when they walk by the media because obviously someone would have been like, why is he holding the hand of nothing? (laughs) And also in the scene in the apartment, when they say, like, oh, we drank too much, they show two wine glasses, but only one of them has wine in it. Exactly. Yes. And when they're eating breakfast, there's no cereal in her bowl or orange juice in your cup. And you're like, yeah. I mean, when the first scene in the mall, right, if you're one of the cynical folks like Ian <laughs> yes. and I when we watch movies, you're like, why aren't they talking? Right. So I was like, okay, maybe she's not dead. But when it gets to the hospital and he wakes up and she doesn't say anything, I'm like, okay, she's definitely dead. Like, there's no way. Yeah, because there's never a time where they don't talk to each other. Right? She's constantly talking. Always talking. talking. (laughs) Always. Just like a woman. Am I right, Mandy? (laughs) Hey, that's a little trip. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I think they could have actually done this movie without her dying. I think they could have. Now, I'm assuming she dies in the book as well. But I'm not yeah, I'm know. not certain. Now apparently there are like six books. There's a whole like they go to the apocalypse, I think, or something oh, wow. like that. Yeah. So I am kind of interested to see how they pull this together because what I'm also assuming is that by the second book, let's say she dies in the first one. In the second one, it seems like if you've got that whole we're destined to be together forever, I'm assuming she helps him or he right. does get together with her at some other point somehow. Right. Well the way they do it in the movie is that after they say like after realization of like dude like her body's being released and he's like yeah i kind of knew or whatever they have this like really like horrendous like heart-wrenching goodbye that makes me ugly cry like oh that's every time i've seen this movie like probably like seven times maybe somewhere around there and i was watching it again today to you know just refresh on everything yeah on the treadmill and I'm just like crying <laughs> on the treadmill watching this. I'm like, fuck. And you got, I have to hand it to both actors because like this could come off really cheesy yes. and really awful, but like it is so ridiculous. Like the facial experience, like it just is. Yeah. It's, it's ugly cry making. It like tears your soul apart. No, I agree. <laughs> and what also brings it to like where it should be as well is they could have easily had. The rest of the people there not say anything because he's just looking at her and obviously they can't see what he's looking at. But Willem Dafoe gets almost in the middle of them. He like realizes, oh shit, she's here, isn't she? Yeah. And he's like, you got to let her go. You got to let her. And that is what brings everything full circle because now he realizes that he hasn't been like sad the entire however long period this is. He's been in some weird reality where he doesn't even know yeah that she is dead yeah which is awesome like i think that's really good writing i think that's a really good way to bring everything together so yeah she finally she leaves she walks out and she turns into a whole bunch of like butterflies as she disappears yeah so he decides that now he is going to basically fight bad guys in vegas 
And the reason why I had to check the distance between this fake <laughs> this fake place and Vegas is because since he doesn't own anything, he doesn't take that scooter either. And he just walks from there to Vegas. <laughs> right. And the last scene of the movie is him looking over Vegas and saying he has work to do. Right. So he's basically like... Stormy's dead and gone to an afterlife because he says I, be- you know, I obviously sees ghosts, so I believe in some sort of like afterlife, yeah. some sort of something. You have to, this. and I think that's all people. And we've talked about this on the show, and it's on fourteen oh eight as well, where Sam Jackson is like, people believe in this stuff because they want to believe in an afterlife. If you see a ghost, there has to be an afterlife, right? There, but that's why no one really sees ghosts because that would be the proof that everyone needs to know hey, we should actually believe in something. Unless the idea is, well, once they like let go and disappear, they just go into nothing, right? Like, in theory. Then you'd want to be a ghost was, all the time, right. then, I guess. I don't know. Right. So he says, like, average lifespan, I'm going to live for like 70 more years. Like, yeah, I might like as that. well make it worth it. Right. But like, then we'll be reunited and it'll be great. So why don't I just go to Vegas and do as much good as I can right. so I can make it to be with her so that we're in the same place, right? Like right. It's the first one, obviously, is Odd Thomas. Then they have, I think it's Forever Odd, Brother Odd, Odd Hours, Odd Apocalypse, and then Deeply Odd. And that's it, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Plus prequels that are in graphic novel form. But they're prequels, they're not the actual end but i'm assuming he gets back with stormy <laughs> yeah we're gonna assume that at some point they're reunited yeah right? which would be very nice i yes. would like that i would like that, I would like that too <laughs> <laughs> and i'll read what dean Kuhn said because people are probably asking him you know whatever so he said faithful to the book yes in every way that matters odd is odd stormy is stormy the themes are rigorously adhered to is much missing yes Ozzy has one scene, and he has become a sculptor instead of a mystery writer. Odd's backstory, mom and dad, have been condensed to one scene because test audiences found the backstory too dark. So that's pretty interesting right there, and that's something we had mentioned as well. Odd has been given a new power. He sometimes touches someone, something, and has startling visions of how some real events went down earlier as a means of conveying facts without taking hard scenes, but it really, really works. So that makes sense. All that stuff is fine. Uh, and then he said, based on past experiences, I wasn't sure anyone could ever adapt a Kuntz book as a feature film and capture the flavor and essentials of it. Steve Summers has done it with great panache. So Steve Summers is the one who directed, wrote it, and produced it. Yep. Stephen King also comes out with a lot of the movies and says they're great. And then they blow. But <laughs> I think that this was a good, at least without reading the books, yeah. it seems to me like they captured the essence of what they probably went for in that first book. Now, I have no idea if they set everything up for the rest of them. Like, I don't know any of that. But it does seem like this was just based on the first book, didn't go into the rest of them. Yeah. And so. I think that as it's always going to be challenging to change a book into a movie there's always going to be things you have to do differently different um artistic license that you take with it but to have the author come out and say that he felt that it was true to the source material not just in plot but also in sort of the essence of it right right? like that's that says a lot about how well it was adapted now i would doubt that they will be making any more of these films no so your probably only bet is to read the books which i make 
I might read the books. We'll see. But now, I guess the main question is, Mandy, would you recommend this movie to people? I would, (laughs) depending on the person. I mean, here's the thing is that, you know, we talk about that we would rather the movie ended a little bit earlier so we didn't have that, like, emotional... Like, if you, if you need a good cry, absolutely 100% watch this movie, right? <laughs> See, I just didn't think I had feelings until <laughs> there's, like, three movies in my life. Like, another one, and I don't think we'll ever do it on the show because it's just too good. But, like, remember the Titans when they come together and they're, like, left side, strong side, left side, <laughs> strong side. And then, you know, and everyone gets together and everyone's happy. Like, it's fucking great. Like, that always gets me tear up a little bit because I've been in camps like that before mm-hmm. where you're coming together with your brothers and stuff like it's just great stuff but yeah i i like this because it does show me that i have some feelings <laughs> i have a little bit of a soul left <laughs> it's it's there somewhere yeah. so yeah. well the thing i would say is that if it did not have that ending mm-hmm. it would be much more of a forgettable movie yes i agree would be like i don't like the ending because it's like <laughs> gut-wrenching and horrible and like you don't want it to be true however if it didn't have that ending i think it wouldn't be as memorable because i don't think you would have that type of emotional reaction to it i agree and i think that the other stuff like i said go watch dead like me go watch a ton of other movies the frighteners go watch all that stuff if you don't want that kind of thing like this isn't an original necessarily movie but the ending brings everything together well. And like I said, there are a few really great scenes with the Bodaks. Like they don't skimp on the things that some movies might have. So that's what I would say the good parts are. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it's an okay movie. Like it's got a it's got an interesting somewhat like plot yeah. and it's okay. But the ending is what really gives it its value in the sense that if you want to have a good old cry at something <laughs> like this is the movie for you. Hold your partner tight and be <laughs> right. like, we're destined to be together forever and that'll never happen to us. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, just like bring your tissues. If you want to have a good ugly cry, watch this movie. <laughs> and I'll go probably the same with what Mandy said. Is yeah. I would not, I would certainly not, not recommend this movie. I think a justifiable Rotten Tomato score is around sixty percent. Yeah. So some people are going to really, really enjoy it, and some people are going to be like, "I've seen this a million times. I don't care about this." So I would, in general, recommend this, but I can see why people might have issues with it being a little staler. Right. But I think the ending does bring everything together and makes it watchable. All right, Mandy, I think we've come to the end of this episode. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Ah, uh, I have no <laughs> plugs. I have nothing to plug, unfortunately. I always check because you never know. Watch the original Independence Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should have known. It's my only plug. As people have heard me say many, many a time, please take your time, especially if you like the show, and rate us, subscribe, and share on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, especially the iTunes. If you can give us a five star, that would really help us out. That's always much appreciated. If you write a review for the show, I think we'll start reading them on the show. So that'll be extra incentive if you want your name out there, if you want to plug or whatever. But write something good, put five stars, write what you like about the show. You can also interact with me, Instagram and Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash ianhates. And then you can email me, ianhates at gmail.com. You can stream and download every single episode of Ian Hates Movies as well as Ian Hates Music on www.ianhates.com. So I think that covers 
everything. I know those are always trying to go through those plugs like quicker because I think everyone who's listening to the show knows that stuff. But I think the biggest thing to do is please go ahead, like the Facebook page because that way you'll get all the news on everything coming out. Follow on Instagram, follow on Twitter and do that five star rating on iTunes because that is the big thing. We're going to continue to do this on a weekly basis. We've got a bunch of surprises coming up. Tons of stuff I can't even talk about right now because I'm really, really hoping that they turn out. But we're going to continue the horror series going forward. And then we'll get back to some other movies as well. I saw a hilarious movie on Netflix I haven't watched yet. But it's called Teen Spirit. It's about a mean girl who dies. And in order to get into heaven, she has to take a plain girl and make her prom queen. <laughs> yeah. How amazing does that sound? Yeah, exactly. So, so it's she's all that in the afterlife? Yeah, I think so. I think so. so this might have to happen. So anyways, that's a, that's another story for another time. Oh, man. Mandy, thank you very, very much for being on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you to all the haters out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting. Kelly will be back soon. We wish her the best in everything that she's doing right now, but she will be back soon. Mandy, do you have any final words for everyone? No, thanks for having me again and look forward to number four whenever that comes around. <laughs> we'll see how popular this one is. Yeah, I don't well. know. This was the last this is the last <laughs> trial. <laughs> and I will leave you guys the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks everyone. A part of me knew from the moment I saw her behind the ice cream counter. But the truth hurt too much to accept. Death would have been one wound too many that day. And I think I would have let go of this life. She's here, isn't she? deserves to move to her next life. Son, it's just time.